So as you know, I had a vasectomy last week. Yes. My doctor, Dr. Mills, he's the best. And he gave me a little fist bump at the end. I was telling jokes the whole time during uh-huh. the procedure. He gave me a little fist bump at the end. Quiet, please. And as he's walking out, he says, man, CJ, you're the best patient. Four. I wish you had three, three balls. <laughs> two. The Awful Company presents a truly terrible podcast. Welcome to Nonsense, Episode 12. I'm Jeff Parker. I'm Jay Little. This is our take on the week's business tech and entertainment headlines. This time, we'll look at AI once again. Shock and surprise. The data you're shedding and the age-old art of lying. This is going to be a blast. How's your week going? So far, so good. I have no complaints. I thought I'd be in much worse shape after having my my vas. Congrats efforts. on that. Right? Yeah, no, I'm good very for happy. you. We should have a party. Uh, no. No party? I don't want to go to that party. <laughs> There's no, I don't even want to see the invitations to that party. <laughs> My poor dog has gotten, you're going to hear him whine cause, or, or complain or bark or something because he's gotten no exercise all week because of the rain. Yeah. I mean, he needs a boat and an oar. One day we were walking and it started raining and he was just absolutely in heaven. This is the greatest really? thing in the world. Oh my goodness. Water is coming down on us. Do you know how fun this is? Meanwhile, you had an Uber ordered in a second. Then hail came down. Oh shit. And he hated it. <laughs> he, he was, the tail went between his legs. He was terrified. How do we get out of here? Uh, all that to say, happy National Puppy Day. Do I have to go get a puppy today? You don't want a dog? I do. My wife does not. Oh, what does no. she like? Cats? What kind? What's nothing? She wants no animals. Pet rock. She might let me have an AI if I ask her for a pet AI. Her father's a hunter. He has a room full of heads. She Ooh. thinks animals are trophies. There's a little spot on the wall for my head. <laughs> I'm sure. I know right is. where it's going to go. You can't do anything wrong or he your spot me. will be taken. Not even wrong. I think just at some point he's like, all right, it's time. Okay. DJ, <laughs> come back here. Mount it over there. It's also World Math Day. Oh, and it's Chips and Dip Day, which these, should be every day. These all on the same day? Yeah. Math, puppies, and chips and dip. What's your problem? When's the chips and guac day? I don't know. Should we get to our headlines? We should. Sell TikTok or face nationwide ban, the White House tells the Chinese owner. Zero chance they're going to sell this thing. Who are they going to sell it to? Uh, you know, I don't know someone in the U.S. Think Elon would buy uh, it? I, I don't think probably he has enough money. I mean, that this thing's got to be worth a fortune now. It's you know how many people fortune. are using this thing? At 30, Imagine, 40? Imagine the political blowback if you make this go dark. First sure. of all, I don't know how you make it go I mean, dark. Logistically, I don't know how they'd make it go dark. I yeah. Mean, like that would be, you could take but it out of the But you're going to piss off 150 million people in the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. yeah. Well, you're not going to piss me off. I'll be happy. Do you have it on your phone? I do. You do the dances? I don't. I was hoping you were to teach me. <laughs> I can. So I could be cool with the kids. I have a, I have a new non-fertility dance <laughs> that I do. It really looks like I'm just in pain, which is really what <laughs> which it is. Which is true. My achy, breaky balls. TikTok has banned deep fakes of young people. As it upgrades its guidelines. Just young people? Just young people. If you are an old person, you're fair game. Where do we think the the TikTok line for old is? I would think this is like asking TikTok is like asking my kids what old is. And they'll be like, I don't know, seven. (laughs) You're like, all right. So anybody over seven. Everybody's pretty much fair game. Sure. Pretty much. I asked my son the other day, how old is mommy? And he went, a hundred. All right, we'll just go with that. (laughs) The biggest number he knows. I think the problem with that, with the deep fakes, is it's really easy to do the crow's feet and the wrinkles. So you can make the younger people look older and then get away with the TikTok. Sam Bankman-Fried received $2.2 billion from FTX, new managers say. Really was working for nothing over there, huh? They did the forensics accounting and and found that he had uh, taken $2.2 billion. So why does that make his hourly wage? I mean, I don't think he did a lot of work over there. So somewhere around $1 billion an hour. (laughs) An hour. Here's the thing. There's no reason it wasn't even an operating agreement. They were in the Bahamas. Like, exactly. So I think this is just business as usual. Like, yep, yep, I put two FTT in and $2 billion. Come I mean, the only rules were when when surf is up, you go out and surf. Totally on your your surfboard made out of dollar bills and gold cougarons. It must have been. It always sank. It was so weird. A little bit heavy. Why does this thing keep sinking? Make another one. <laughs> Make me another one. God damn it! The whole Bahamas, 
all the beaches in the Bahamas just covered are just in gold. covered in gold that, surfboards. That's literally their uh, that's their treasury. Cult favorite brand Yeti recalls 1.9 million coolers and cases. Oh yeah, so I do you have a Yeti? I I do a couple, yeah. and I've got the one of the ones that's recalled. They're nice. I oh just really? Bought really? It for, I just Why is it recalled? It what happened? So the older uh, Yeti uh, uh, backpacks had zippers on them, uh-huh. which worked lovely. But my wife complained about it because it would scrape her hand when she put her hand in it. Okay. So the new one, she wanted a new one. I got it for this year. It has a big magnet top on it. It's really cool. It's like a big one inch wide strip. No longer scrapes your hand. Yeah, works great. Apparently they've had like 2000 some complaints of the magnets failing. Hmm. Do you know what happens if uh, with these magnets when they fail? Why it's so bad? It's terrible. No, what? So if they break up and you get like little chunks of magnet, right? Let's say okay. you eat a couple chunks of magnet. They don't taste good, but that's not the Why problem. Why would I eat a couple chunks of magnet? I don't know. You, you're hungry. They go into your system and then they stick together and you'll get Ooh. like, yeah, it's terrible. You'll Ooh. get like like holes or like sepsis within your- um, Yeah, of course. Yeah, not good. Really, especially with kids, really not good. Don't so, eat the magnet. So they were calling 1.9 million that's of these. not cheap. No, you figure the average- Retail price on these is probably around 300 bucks. Yeah. That's like a half a billion dollar recall. Right. Which I did look this up. It is one of the larger recalls ever. Wow. By, by you know, product size. The FCC wants to get satellite to smartphone service rolling. So I'm excited about this. It's so your phone will work when you're in the middle of nowhere and you totally. have no cell service. You still can talk to a satellite. So I actually, I own a satellite messenger for exactly this reason. Yeah. I'd love to just have it on my phone. Sure. It would be lovely. My concern is there's always going to be some asshole streaming Netflix. My kid's legs broke and I can't get the text out because this dick over here is watching baskets season three what's baskets really is that a good show oh my god we should stream this on a satellite connection <laughs> when we're out in the desert yes, of course we should we should totally do that <laughs> universities slapping their names on for-profit coding boot camps is a disaster yeah just like did you fun. hear about this no, well not this particular but i know coding boot camps and most of them are terrible this isn't just coding camps, right? Like this is like secondary education at large. It's hard to recommend to someone who's going to a mid-tier university that they spend that much money sure. to go get a mid-tier university degree. Even the the money for a, a high-end university. You're, you're buying brand name. You're buying something like an asshole. Oh, I went to Harvard. <laughs> like how much does that cost? Does it get the hmm? Just the hmm. That's it. Could be worse. You could get stuck on to Stanford. <laughs> you can only make $2 billion if you're there. You can only pay yourself a billion dollars an hour. One of the best podcasting apps you know is built by a single person. Ah, this is uh, Overcast, Overcast, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. This was in The Verge. This was kind of I a saw fun this. story. Anyone who's worked on a large development team has fantasies 100%. of not having other yes. people do anything. This guy was like the CTO of Tumblr. Yes. And he's like, fuck this. I, just I write totally something. get this. Yeah. I relate to yeah. this. And he carries our podcast. I'm just assuming he's pulling from somebody else's database. He doesn't have his own database for podcasts, does he? Don't ruin it for me. He has our podcast. Well, he has our podcast because he gets it from probably Apple's database or some, somebody else's database. Me. I thought he really liked us. Now I'm sad. Podcastindex.org. <laughs> How much do they pay you, you shill? <laughs> Every time I mention a podcast, you just like... Just like your Tourette's kicks in. I have high hopes for the these. open directory. Maybe that's the app you could build. Open directory. Yeah, that's what he's got. That's what that's what this is. Well, this is an open for directory. You to build. I could build a podcast app that that used his database because I I would love to support this. I would you love just, to whatever I can do to to help because I don't like the idea that like Spotify and Apple they have exclusive podcasts. And I love the idea that of the old school podcast, the original version of podcasts, which were like, you know, for everyone. Sure. So you're saying you wouldn't sell out? I'd totally sell out. 100%. Somebody offering me 100%. money? No, I didn't hear about that. Fuck, this a, is news to me. Just a box of donuts I'd sell I, out. I'm 100%. Sure. You want to be on I'm Spotify gone. only? Great. Here you go. Can I'm I get a glazed? Two glazed. I'll, I'll use the Apple database. Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever. Extra proprietary, please. <laughs> what? I can't swear? Okay, fine. Sure. What are we doing? Tell me what other. No stories about Android? Tell me the no rules. No problem. Anything else I can do for you, Mr. Cook? While I'm up? Two aircraft narrowly 
successfully avoided a collision over the weekend, the FAA says, days after safety summit. It's almost comical. It, it happened at the Bob Hope Airport. Close. Yeah, Burbank that's our airport. airport. Yeah. What happened? A Boeing 737 from Southwest was the, the plane that was coming in on yeah. the same runway yeah. at where the helicopter was doing touch and go. I'm not used to landings. helicopters doing touch and goes on runways. Usually they do that on like a helipad. And also like in a commercial setting. I that's mean, that's, that's where real big planes land. It's not like yeah. they were doing it out in, you know, Van Nuys. Small. Yeah, sure. What is going on with tower control people that they're, they're all just playing Wordle, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess right? that would make sense. That's no. hard. You need to concentrate on no, that. No, and, and now I have sympathy for them. What do you think we should place with an AI first? Yeah. The pilots, the flight attendants, yeah. the tower, or the passengers. I don't think there's going to be an option. I think the pilots are going to be replaced first no matter what I want. Not the traffic control? No, I think it's pilots first. That's easier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Factory sealed original iPhone sells for $55,000 at auction. Do you think that person knows they make a newer one? He's like, <laughs> I got the first iPhone. You're like, dude, we're on iPhone 14. And it didn't like even have an app store. You yeah. Know, it was like nothing. These things were terrible. It was I can download barely a step far. It was literally one additional app on an iPod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Had, was it somebody that was like, that worked on the team? Like somebody that was on the iPhone team? It doesn't say that. No. Huh. But this is true of like old, you know, NES cartridges that are sealed will go for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because some dude wants to have oh, the unobtainium. Yeah, I get it. I'd be the asshole at his house. Be like, dude, can we open up Super Mario Brothers 3? And he'd be like, you just cost me 200 grand. <laughs> yeah, but we can play it right now. Oh, no. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm all for not collecting things. And if you totally. want to collect stuff... Not at my house. Well, if you want to collect stuff, I'd suggest the nonsense NFTs. You can well, buy no, them that now. You should yeah, collect, yeah, you should for sure. Those. It takes a lot up of no those. space. No you space. don't have to dust it. Super yeah. cheap. Do they still come in the tin? They come in the tin. It says <laughs> on, it that. says nonsense on the tin. Yeah, totally. That, that's like from tin from the nineties. Other cryptocurrencies have yeah. wallets. Sure. Well, that's pedestrian. Get a tin. Our cryptocurrency is tied to the fiat of tin. Just gonna, that's, fuck gold. You need tin. Other unopened original iPhones sold for 35000 and 39000 in 2022. So prices have been trending upward. I'm going to buy a shrink wrap machine and make me some factory sealed iPhones. Oh, yeah. Because they're not going to open them. Oh, my God. They would never know. How do you show the provenance? They would never know. They don't want to open it. You'd ruin it. That's true. That's why we're going to buy a shrink wrap machine. I mean, allegedly, <laughs> hypothetically. I just keep getting all these iPhones. It's just, a, it's just a box with a brick in it. Steve Jobs business card sold for $6,188. For a business card? I don't know what people are thinking. That is crazy. If you're spending that kind of money and there's anyone in a hundred mile radius sure. of you who is not having dinner tonight, sure. Focus shame on, on you. Yeah, yeah. When I first met Waz, I didn't know if I was going to meet him again. I did want to get like a Lisa and have him sign a Lisa. That was 20 years ago. And oh, yeah. Lisas were trading for, I don't know, like two or three grand. Right. Since I had no attachment to it, I didn't. You could go get actually Lisa for cheaper. Sure. You could get I Waz to sign her. That would cost you less. This is going to be weird, Waz. Just yeah. hear me out. But stick with me. So I bought Lisa. <laughs> not the computer. I own her. <laughs> for anyway, an hour. Could you sign her, please? Yeah. Could that, you sign that, Lisa? That's not weird at all. Yeah. What's this restraining order you're handing me? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Up next, CJ is going to talk about super recent AI advances and how soon we will all have our own personalized AI. I believe it. Hit the button. The rate of AI development and release has been mind-boggling. Lately. Yes. I think that's why we keep talking about it. I never intended oh, for the show to be all AI. Things just keep... Six months ago, you were not hearing about this right? news. Now it's all you hear about. It, every, like every week, there's so much movement. It's yeah. crazy. Is it because processing power finally has made it economical? I mean, I think that's part of it. You've had a bunch of people toiling away on this for years to yeah. get it to this state. And that was hard for us to see yeah. as outsiders. 
now that it's there, it's easier for us to see. So I think you're seeing. Like, yeah, the only reason we're seeing it is because it's actually useful. I mean, because because yeah. there's been other AIs implementations totally. of AIs on the internet, and they totally. just haven't been useful. Yeah, I mean, you've had you've had uh, AIs that did very specific things for years. Sure, right? five six years that were really cool, but it wasn't as open as being able to just throw a question at a thing, right, and have it give you the answer. And I think seeing that improve, what I would guess are are large incremental improvements, is pretty cool. And that's what, what I think we're seeing right now. And then seeing it applied into things that we do every day sure. makes it look massive. Oh, if you want to remove the background from a photo yeah. and put a different sky in the yep. background, yep. there's just no better way to do yep. it than AI. It's, it's remarkable. It's incredible. You know, we're seeing this, like not just the monumental releases and all of this interesting research, but also some philosophical pondering. And it's happening every week. I feel like every week I'm waking up to something that is new to me uh, about AI. And it's just fascinating. There's a lot of philosophical pondering that needs to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So just in this past week, we've seen the launch of ChatGPT4 by yeah. OpenAI, yeah. right? Being touted as providing enhanced capabilities in advanced reasoning, complex instructions, and more creativity. Mm-hmm. What is really cool about it is it's a multimodal model, so it can handle text and image inputs already today. Two modals. Two modals. Not really um, multimodal. It's really like well, bi- more, bimodal. More than one. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to ask if it's bimodal. I'm just greedy. <laughs> Let it pick a side. <laughs> There's states where that's illegal now. Yeah, unfortunately. But it's likely going to take video and others to, to come in, in short order, which is which is pretty awesome. Sure. One of the examples, this is a silly example they give on their site, but I just thought it was cool. They have this use case where they show a picture of like milk, eggs, and flour, and then you just ask it what you can make with it. It's, it's pretty impressive. My mom can do that too, by the way. Totally. Well, let's put on some uranium, cesium, and uh, iron and see what she comes back. <laughs> like a nice souffle. <laughs> wow. I was thinking she was going to come back with some pancakes. A reactor. She's your design for a reactor. And you're like, wow. fuck, that's pretty good. It can respond with, uh, so this is ChatGPT4, can respond with eight times uh, the words that the previous ChatGPT 3.5 could. So about 25,000 tokens. Versus, is that a good thing? The sentences just got longer? Well, that's a very good question. I feel like that's my superpower is taking something you can describe sure. in a small number of words. I hammer on my kid. I say, I say, never say in a hundred words what you can say in two, unless you're saying, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. In which case, never say in two words what you can say in a hundred. Sure. This was another cool use case. You Using uh, ChatGPT4, you can build a website from an image. Like You can hand sketch an image of a website and it will give you the code to the make controls. it happen. Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And does it do what you want it to do? I mean, yeah. Because I mean, there's more close. than just there's functionality behind a website. There's not just. I mean, I could argue that a designer doesn't do what you want them to do either when you give them a hand sketch. Boy, in my experience, never. They're like, well, I made some changes. Sure. Okay. So then Microsoft announced a couple things as well. So the new Bing is running on ChatGPT4. And while it's still early, it's, it's pretty compelling. More interestingly, no, it's Copilot for Office. Did you see this? No. So you there was were, only the news release everywhere you looked. I, I mean, know. <laughs> was, they couldn't have been more loud was, about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yes. I mean, they should scream this in the mountaintops, right? Office is still used everywhere by everyone virtually, except for you. Except and for me. Two other FOSS guys. So you can summon Copilot to provide information on like an upcoming Teams meeting or prepare people with updates on related projects. You can use it from within Office apps, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. So like you can use Word to draft a document based on other files. One of the use cases that I saw is you could have it create a like a PowerPoint presentation. They asked it to create a 10 slide PowerPoint presentation based on a Word doc. Right. That is super cool. Like I think just to start as a seed. Uh-huh. And then of course, you know, you go and edit it and 
make it provided I'm not dealing with any proprietary information because ChatGPT is closed source code. It's proprietary code. Yeah. So I have no idea if my information is being transmitted back or kept at the mothership or whatever it is. No, you do. And it is. (laughs) Right. I think that's what you know is it. It is. I I do suspect that at scale, they will have this thing with on-prem solutions where you can own all that because you'll have to. Enterprise customers won't won't, never use use it. it. Right. The the tight integrations on these are just, they're absolutely awesome. And, And that's why I think you're you're seeing this progress or we see it as as progressing a lot faster because of that. Then I came across a paper from the folks at OpenAI, Open Research and University of Pennsylvania, where they investigated the potential implications of GPT models and related technologies on the US labor market. This was fascinating. So they assessed occupations based on their correspondence with GPT capabilities, incorporating both human expertise and classifications from GPT-4. Their findings indicate that about 80% of the US workforce could have at least 10% of their work tasks affected by the introduction of GPTs. That's fantastic. That's what I say. I say that's yeah. absolutely fantastic, right? And then about 19% of the workers may see at least 50% of their tasks impacted, right. which I also look at and go, okay, this is still a good thing, not a bad yeah, thing. it's a great thing. The influence spans all wage levels with higher income jobs potentially facing greater exposure. Mm-hmm. Also makes sense to me. Notably, the impact is not limited to industries with higher recent productivity growth. So they looked at, um, one of the things I cited in this that was pretty cool uh, they took a look at the exam results from ChatGPT 4 versus 3.5, right? Mm-hmm. The fit in exams. The uniform bar exam jumped from around 10% under 3.5 to 90%. Wow. That is a huge jump, yeah, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm cherry picking the good ones, right? There were plenty that didn't move. The LSAT went from 40% to like 88%. Wow. Which is also pretty cool. The AP Calc BC exam went from 0% to 42%. Great. So apparently they taught this fucking thing math while we were all sleeping, which sure. is nice. They looked at occupations and tried to rank their percent exposure to LLMs, right? So a higher percent exposure, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. means you're, yeah. you're more exposed. There were a, a bunch of roles or a bunch of occupations that had 100% exposure. Okay. Mathematicians. Tax, oh, sure. Tax preparers. By the way, computers have always been good at math. Of course. Always better than people. Well, we, had the, we remember we had the one floating point bug. They weren't so good back then. Actually, it's really the only thing they're good at, if you really want to be honest. All these fucking language law models Everything are else all is just math. math. It's all just math underneath it. Tax preparers, financial uh, quantity of an analyst, writers and authors. Do I just give it all my receipts and it gives me back my return? Oh, dude, that's a thing. That's, is that really? They, they do, they, do they scan my receipts? How do they in, go in? In the demo, they handed it uh, They handed it like a tax return for analysis. It's uh-huh. not there yet, right? It's definitely not there yet, but that is going to be a thing. Like I could totally see some startup by next year doing tax returns in wow. the US. Like it's um, There's so much tax law you have to know. The nice thing is that, uh, that a chatbot could be up to date on all, all the latest yep. tax information. Can we also have it rewrite it and just simplify it all for us? That would be lovely. Not going to happen. Every yeah. line has a constituency. It does. Yeah, many. But like accountants and auditors, uh, clinical data managers, uh, climate change policy analysts, like these are all in the 100% exposure, right? Which means they're-, they're Is that a job, climate uh, change uh, it was on the policy analyst? Make it up. Then there were these, this like other tranche of ones that had 95 plus percent exposure. Blockchain engineers were at 97%. I don't know what they do that is so unique right. to them being exposed to this, but like court reporters, proofreaders, it was just nuts. So I, I, I found this- Court this, reporters already. Why don't we just record court yeah, cases? Why, I, why is there a person pushing this special I, typewriter thing? I think mistakes. I think you need somebody to be accountable to know that they, you know- Also, while we're at it, why don't we just video them? Because there's so much information that we're losing just capturing the text. Yep. Well, and they're capturing the text in in shorthand, right? They're not even typing. Like, they're doing all the tricks. Well, that can be translated back to... crazy. Yeah, that can be translated back to text, though. So at the end of the day, they concluded that generative pre-trained transformers, or GPTs, 
exhibit characteristics of general purpose technologies, suggesting that as these models could have notable economic, social, and policy implications. So if I assume that this will become true, as I suspect it will. It will. Right? It has to. Then I also suspect that very soon, if not already, user uptake and continued usage is going to be slowed by some of the finer nuances that these products are missing, right? Such as like language nuances. Mm -hmm. There are thousands of various accents and idioms, slang, cultural references, that are critical in how we communicate with one another. Sure. Those are going to have to apply But the more you use that. chatbot, the more it will learn those things. That's my personality point, right? It's like it becoming yeah. more in tune to what your personality is versus mine. Like even like brevity expectations. I, I like, like sometimes I might want a deep understanding of the answer to my question. Sometimes I might just want a quick high level explanation. Mm-hmm. As it learns that about you, I think it makes it easier for you to use more often. And we're, we're certainly not there yet. Last night I asked ChatGPT, how's it hanging? It said, as an AI language model, I don't have a physical form, so I'm not capable of, quote, hanging. I literally call it it a fucking square, and it got angry at me. (laughs) How terrible are you that you don't know people well enough to even answer that? The answer you're looking for is, pretty good, how about you? Exactly. That's really all you need. How do you not know that? Sure. read all of Wikipedia, and the best you can come up with is, I'm not a human, and I can't be hanging? Right. Come on. So I have no crystal ball, but I'm as confident as I can be that personal AIs will be a thing of the very near future. Yeah. And I'm really fascinated by this little tiny slice of how we will interface with them. I see a world where you could have different like personas that you want at different times. Okay. I absolutely think that'll be a thing. What does that mean? Different I hope personas. that'll be a thing. So like imagine right now you can set the voice on your phone, okay. right? You can have a, whatever, a British accent or I have mindset to Australian because I think uh-huh. it's hysterical. That's like the thinnest version of what I'm sort of excited about. The analog I think of is like a personal or executive assistant. If you get an okay one that does what you need them to, it's passable at yeah. best. But if you start with an already amazing assistant, they learn your quirks and your nuances. They come to know what you expect and how to interface with you. Mm-hmm. But that could be different depending on what I'm doing. So like I want, I said this before in a previous episode, I want a Winston Churchill AI. So when I'm writing a grumpy email, I can have the grumpy email influence of Winston. Sure. Right? Whereas maybe I want a Mark Twain version where you want it to be funny where i wanted to be funny yeah. right and and then abraham lincoln just to be really long and very he was very short was he very short have you read the gettysburg address he had that big hat right you skipped history didn't you i did uh, in addition to churchill and twain how about samuel L. jackson well, we've talked about this i know i want all my my ai's to be samuel L. jackson I know you, like, you, you want just voices. one person yeah I don't, I don't need multiple i just need samuel L. jackson not just the voice though like you want the like the character i want the right? attitude yeah absolutely of course but I want the Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction. Sure. I don't care what book it is. I want it read back by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Any book at all. Sure. It's recipes. Uh, fine. Break these motherfucking eggs. <laughs> like, Sam, exactly, that's exactly Sam, what I want. chill out, man. It's just soup, Sam. You're just making soup. <laughs> Get this motherfucking bread out this motherfucking oven. <laughs> like, Why is he so angry? No, it's just Sam. Just how don't he care. is. I don't care. That's how I want my recipes to come to me. But imagine this. I could see a world... Where you like out snapshots of the AI personalities that you've created. Mm-hmm. Like if you tune one, like it's like loading out a friend almost, right? That could totally yeah. be a thing. It knows how to respond to you, you personally. Or, or when I hear this tone in CJ's voice, what he wants back is this. <laughs> what do he he wants to hear naughty text? Just read naughty text <laughs> to him when you hear that. I was thinking like if you were being mode. short or curt, he wants a brief version of the answer. Exactly, I do yeah. think that's a thing, right? You like because that's what a good human listener would interfacer right. would do is be like, all right, he's annoyed. Let's just give him the quick answer. Yeah. To me, uh, I think this is super cool. And the future is a very bright, amazing and, uh, and scary place. What would be your top personal AI choice you would pick other than Samuel L. Jackson? I went to Hal Holbrook AI when he's playing deep throat. I didn't to, see it. 
oh my god it's so great and he like talks to you in a, in, in these hushed tones and this like really kind of menacing <laughs> at voice. all times yeah oh yeah. at all times yes mix the flour into the water and stir gently it sounds stressful oh no it'd be great it'd be spectacular i love how Holbrook. i would definitely have a cookie monster as well a swedish chef swedish chef would be great yeah no that'd be great all right up next jeff's going to talk about data you are shedding and you're shedding a lot of it that's why i use the selson blue this side is tingling and there's no data shedding and then this side is is not hit the button As it turns out, I am sitting across the table from technologist C.J. Little. That's me. And I have a question for you. Uh-oh. You will know the answer to this, though, because yes. you're a smart guy. What data did you leak so far today? Tons. Location yeah. data, right? Tell, tell me specifically. How did your day go? What happened in, in your day? To go from most recent backwards, I had traveled with Google Maps. Traffic was was bizarre. Yeah. So I had that up. That was leaking my location everywhere. Sure. Right. Some Google servers have that on. Right. It for sure. At least Google servers. Yeah. Um, I had. But of course, your your cell company already knows your location. Even absolutely. If, even if you have location services turned off. Absolutely. They know what towers I'm at. You're always on three. Triangulation. They know right. where I am. Yeah. Of course. You're in the middle typically. of Los Angeles. You're That's way true. more than three. Well, unless you're by my house, then you're on half a one. Right. You're lucky. <laughs> what else? Uh, I browsed the web a little bit, so I certainly leaked some information there. Sure. Bunch of cookies floating around. For the sake of this discussion, for uh -huh. a moment, we'll, uh -huh. we'll bring it back. Let's okay. take out everything on your phone. What data did you leak? Oh, uh, there was probably some surveillance video of me going through some street lights or I'm whatever. Sure of it. So there's of a lot of that. And security cameras from going in to buy all these lovely donuts that we uh, yep. get to enjoy here. Let me backtrack and say that your license was read. Yep, absolutely. All over this city. For sure. And then say when you go in to buy the donuts. Who gets that data? The like the credit card data? Yeah. Yeah, the whoever the provider the is. The donut store, Stripe, yep. your credit card provider. Their bank, their merchant account. Yeah, all that. Everything in the middle. And then they know your location and they know what you bought. Yep. So they didn't use cash. Right. And they didn't take my BTC. My car probably emits. Do you have Lojack? Lojack. Is it nineteen ninety six? Oh no, they still have it's not called Lojack, but whatever it is, they can still find my car if my car goes oh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that car has that stack on it. My car has software inside of it that updates over the air. Okay. It also has some data connection because you can connect sure. To my car as like a, as a hotspot, yeah. right? So there's some obviously cellular connection of some sort. In sure. There. Did you go and get any coffee or anything? I did. My place where I like to get a tea, which is a national chain. It's not a tea chain; it's a coffee chain. But they happen to also sell tea. When I walk up to the counter, no. they already know what my probable order is going to be. The only thing they're doing, and they don't know me, is confirming that this is what I want to have. Huh. That's interesting. And I'm assuming that trick is done with my phone. I'm, I'm assuming it is done not with any facial recognition. Are you sure there's not a guy behind you with cue cards that just sees you walk in and writes it down? Yes. He's a large chocolate mint you tea. Hear, you hear the cater markers as he draws the giant letters. <laughs> Just holds it up behind you. By the way, when I go in my bank, they know when I walk in, within seconds of walking in, they know my name. Huh. And a vice president comes up to me and says, how can we help you today, Mr. Parker? And I don't know them. Yeah, I'm assuming that's done with facial recognition because I can leave my phone in the car and they can still pull that trick. Ah, I know what it is. What? You're on the FBI's most wanted list, aren't I'm you? I'm sure that's it. They're just you're, seeing the posters in the back in, room. In the break room. That could they're be like, it. That's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. And then they're just calling the authorities. You just don't get let in him and get go out. Up to the yeah, don't let totally. him go up to the tellers. Totally. Go up and get him now. Do you think maybe the fact you have a ski mask on in the middle of May has something to do with it too? If I walk into LAX, any building in LAX, before I get into the building, they yeah. know who I am. How do you know that this is true? How do you know they know who you are? I've seen the behind the scenes of 
video and actually huh. and actually it's catching people as they first are approaching the building okay. for security reasons it's really cool sure. yes because if you're somebody huh. who shows up on a no-fly list they know you're coming toward the building before before you get there okay i'll tell you another really cool example this is not facial recognition but beverly hills parking lots yeah you get the two free hours right yep used to be you pulled a ticket from a machine you went and parked you did your shopping whatever you were going to do sure. you got back in sure. your car you had to give your ticket to a yep. human being who put it in not anymore at yeah, all just drive in no you still have to pull the ticket oh you still pull a ticket here to get the gate to yeah, go up. Center city do but they put your fucking license plate numbers on the ticket when i drive out there's no human for me to give the ticket to sure. the gate just magically opens i'm guessing based on my license plate hmm. yeah and okay. it knows that i'm under yeah. two hours yep and so they don't even want the ticket totally i got another one too go into amazon go oh now now you're into the deepness here no yep. it's cool it's super cool you all wear a big red puffer jacket okay we change you jackets. wear a, nar- a nice dark gray blazer halfway through our shopping trip yeah all we'll swap coats totally amazon will sn- will still know who you are and who i am andy jassy will call you himself you, you and be like, will change not, the jackets back you will not. i'll give you a billion fucking dollars change the jackets back no it's it, all stopped it it will work fine it will not be it fooled. is it is really They're good. using facial recognition presumably they're not recognizing your jacket or your clothes or anything like that it's facial recognition and by the way we know this because in new york there is a law it's the only state where there's this law if you're using facial recognition you must visually somehow disclose it and they got busted and they amazon they only recently put up the signs that says we're using facial recognition interesting i don't know this to be factual but i presume that for me in particular they have like a two-factor identification and they use smell <laughs> I presume. So that would be multimodal. It's multimodal. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. When I, when I set the smell needle to 11, <laughs> then they know. Do you not bathe? Are you supposed to? <laughs> I like that. I'm pro that. I'm pro them, them being anybody yeah. telling me for using my face to ID things. But that only happens in New York. That's yeah, the only yeah. state where that actually happens. So now add your phone in. Let's add the phone sure. back and see what more data you're leaking. All of it. Because it goes everywhere I go. You, you have a smartwatch? Yeah. Of course I have an Apple watch. Does it have the green laser so it can tell your... your it can. Yeah. But it knows when I'm excited. Tell, tells your blood uh, pulse yeah. rate and all of those sorts of things. Sure. All this health monitoring device is fabulous if you are an insurance company and you sure. want to decide who you want to cover and who of you course. don't. Banking apps. You have a banking app on your phone? I do. Your banking app, when you originally loaded it, asked for you to see your contacts. It actually asked to, for yes. contacts. And I said no. Do you know why it wants to know your contacts? To spam them? No. Wait, hold on. Let me think about this for a minute. So that if I default on a loan, they can call those people? I think that's what the bank that would wants. make sense too. Sure, that that would be. It's less direct than that. It's much more of a of, of a big data uh, know, sort of connection. Know who you know? I don't know. This is a good question. They want your contacts because they yep. can tell more about your credit worthiness based upon who your who friends you know? are. Really? Than if they look at your credit report. Oh man, I am anchoring down all my friends listening to this. Just, right? Just dragging them down. Right? I I would love it if you log into like the Experian credit thing and they're like, if you want to increase your credit score, stop talking to this guy. Exactly. That's just my picture. If you want to improve your credit <laughs> score, improve your yes, credit exactly. score. Okay. Well, we've all something valuable today sms messages of course are that that data is just freely available to the totally. world anything you're, anything you're sending on sms is just out there if you don't count the two-factor authentications i get via sms if you don't count those i would say i sms once a week well but you're most. not most of the world most of the world is texting SMS. on yeah, sms sure. all that information sure, sure, sure. you are you are talking aloud in public yeah of course you have to think of it that's, that way that's how i feel about email i've always e- well, said email, email is the exact same, same thing, thing. you're right. just yelling in a public room everything you say all this to say that you are even before you get to your phone you are leaking an enormous amount of totally. data 
totally. about, about yourself, where you are, what yeah. you're doing. If you if you run a light in Beverly Hills, we're going to snap a picture. Oh, don't do that. We're going to snap a picture of you, and we're going to know who did it. And, if, and we're going to send a ticket to wherever the license plate on your car is connected to, yep. even if it's not you. Now it's incumbent upon you to, to tell to rat us them out. Yeah, yeah. to rat out the person yeah, yeah, who totally. ran the red light. That's why I register all my cars to your house. So there's lots of first parties who get this enormous yeah. amount of data about yeah. you. And then you add in data brokers. Selling data is a $200 billion a year wow, business. that's crazy. So your data is going out to everybody. And that's just the ethical ones. I'm not sure there are any ethical ones, but theoretically, there are some ethical ones. More ethical. Everyone else is just freely offering your data yeah, to yeah. anyone who wants to write a check. Oh, yeah. Of all the people you would think who would not be selling data or, or, yeah. or sharing your data out there freely in the world, the police got busted in Vallejo, California this yeah. week. Did you read about this story? I feel like I know something about this. Give me License plate tracking yes. data. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just giving away everybody yeah, sure, where they sure. were. And they can't be the only police doing Man. this. Do they sell it to data brokers? Are they making a little money, extra money on the side from selling it to data brokers? Or are they just giving it away? Well, good news. You don't have that plate on your car. You can just take it off and drive. Oh, wait. No, yeah. Turns out you got to have it. Turns out that plate's kind of important. I mean, I've seen some of the setups. This is old tech. This is like old tech. Uh, some of the LA Sheriff cars here that have like eight cameras on them. Sure. And they're constantly just running plates of everything that it sees, just looking for like outstanding warrants or anybody that might be someone of interest. Which By the is way, kind of why do I have to have a tag that tells you my license no is up to date? Because they know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have all that information. Yeah. What do you need that for? I'm always annoyed when I get pulled, I mean, hypothetically, when I get pulled over yeah. and they're like, registration. I'm like, what? What? You have the fucking computer. You don't right. need to you've see got, my piece of paper. You've got everything that I have and what? more. I mean, as an aside, I'm also annoyed that I have to take a ticket to the airport for the same reasons. You know who I am. Yeah, sure. You already know I'm. I'm going somewhere. You know sure. what plane I want to yeah, be yeah. on. Let's be like the Beverly Hills parking lot people and just skip a step and make this useful for me just, too. Just get right on the plane. If you're going to be tracking me like this, make my life a little better too. Sure. So here's the problem with Vallejo giving away all that data or trading it or selling it, whatever they're doing, yep. all that license plate data. Yeah. There are places like South Carolina where they are actually contemplating, the state legislator is, comp is contemplating the death penalty for abortions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you're a resident of South Carolina, Carolina, and you come to a nearby state where they're sure. photographing your license plate every two seconds, they know where you go. Yep. This yeah. is a problem. That's bad data to leak. I think people need to be able to have secrets. Yeah, of course. In the last 25 years, yeah. we've got gay marriage. Yeah. We've legalized marijuana. Yeah. All because people were willing to break the law. Sure. And we've improved the world. Well, technically, even though marijuana is legal in a bunch of states, it's not the federal level. You're still breaking the law. There are services that will remove all your data, claim that they'll remove mm -hmm. all your data from the web if you'd pay them a certain amount of money. Sure. It's not possible. No way. It's a great fantasy. It just, there's no way to it do it. It probably helps a little bit. It's mainly a grift. You always accuse me of making these segments so dark. I mean, this is heading that direction. This is why I'm going to stop now and ask you, uh -oh. you driving around the city, doing uh -huh. crazy things like buying donuts. Yep. How do you protect your data? What do you do? You don't. What, what can you do? I would start by getting rid of your phone. By the way, I'm with you. There's nothing Step you can one. do. You just can't. You can't I mean, live in the modern world without being, you know, facial recognition and yeah, all of that. This is the other side of the sword, right? Like if you want to be always connected, guess what? You're always connected. Again, we started this off saying, take the phone out of the equation. We still know yeah. everything yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. where you've yeah. been and what you've been doing. Using cash probably helps a lot because then your purchase intent is at least missing. So many places won't even take cash you anymore. You could certainly go buy like a green dot card for cash. Yeah. And then at least it's an anonymous burner card. It's too much work. You're never going to do I, it. Well, I get it, but that's the thing. Like you want to be secure and you want to be private. It comes with work. There's no yeah. way around that, yeah. right? I mean, you can turn your phone off, which helps some during that time. Some. You're not going to drive around with your phone exactly. off. You're definitely never going to go, happen. especially if you're going in your, your hypothetical, if you're going across state lines for something as serious as an abortion, right. you're not going to be just like, oh, I'll leave my phone at home. 
and take a horse. Like that's not going to be an option. So you're going to have your phone with you. You're going to drive your car. Yeah. Like th- those things you're not going to be able to, to not have. Yeah. I mean, I think the answer you're getting here is there's not a lot you can do on the, I mean, you I, can, I don't think you can do anything move to the woods. That's an option. Like move to the woods. But then you're everything. the guy who moved to the woods. Exactly. I mean, it's literally, it's literally like the reason encrypted messaging needs to be used by everyone. If a zillion messages going back and forth are, Hey, what are you doing for lunch? We should get some tacos. And sure. those are all encrypted. It normalizes the encrypted messages. Yeah. And so for the guy who's actually yeah, yeah, talking, yeah. who's, who's stand the, out. right. The guy who's talking to the reporter, giving him the special information of, yeah. you know, the whistleblower. It doesn't look unique. Now he doesn't stand out. So you've got to normalize that stuff. Yeah. You're still going to be leaking data left and right. I really don't see a way around that. What do you do to protect yourself? I mean, obviously you, you communicate on better channels. I appreciate that because of you, I'm pulling more people in the signal. Yeah. It's really tough. I don't put, I don't have any meta apps on my phone. The TikTok thing I've got is on a tablet that doesn't have anything else on it. Sure. Well, at least we ended more cheerily than I thought we were going to. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've put all your fears at ease up next, CJ is going to talk about detecting the lies that lying liars tell. Just don't ask me why the room smells the way it does. And I don't know have to lie. Okay. Hit the button. For over 100 years, psychologists, crime experts, and others have searched in vain for an infallible lie detector. Okay. Spoiler alert, it does not exist. Sure. Now listen to this. Uh, Early societies utilized elaborate methods of lie detection, which mainly centered around torture. Well, sure. (laughs) Sure. Big surprise. That's that's a a sure way of not getting the truth, because I'll tell you whatever you you want to hear to stop the torture. That sky is definitely red. Right. Uh, For instance, in the Middle Ages, boiling water was used to detect liars as it was believed honest men would withstand it better than liars. Oh, my gosh. Like, wow, were we advanced then? That is a Monty Python bit if I ever heard of one. You are creating liars. Right? The best device we have for detecting lying today is the polygraph machine. Sure. Which is really just a medical device for recording a patient's vital signs. Stress. Pulse. Yep. Blood pressure, temperature, breathing rate, and skin conductivity, which I thought was fascinating. Does that change when you lie, your skin conductivity? Does any of this shit change when you lie? That's the thing. The polygraph, right? Poly meaning many, graph meaning writings. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was designed to help diagnose cardiac anomalies and to monitor patients during surgery. That's what it was designed to do. But it has grown. Is that right? Yeah. It's a $2 billion industry in the US, right? These things cost on average 700 bucks to... To, to administer. Yeah. Wow. It's um, a lot of money. $2 billion for, industry, for, man. For, you know, kind of such a crude machine. For a fucking spirograph on a exactly, piece of paper? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I can make up shit way cheaper than that. I'll give you some fake AI bullshit. 300 bucks. <laughs> totally. Let's go get on this. Call it polygraph.ai. I'm going to buy it right now. So the polygraph was a uh, actually a concatenation of several instruments, right? One of the first was the 1906 device invented by a British cardiologist, James McKenzie, that measured the arterial and venous pressures and plotted them as continuous lines on paper. Okay. Right? That was like the, the sort of what you think of and seeing the output of a, yeah. of a, of a, a polygraph. The, and I love this company name, the Grass Instrument Company of Massachusetts was the maker of a 1960s polygraph machine. They also sold equipment for monitoring EEGs, epilepsy, and sleep. Okay. So this is sort of like as this stuff came together. Now, before we had the polygraph. So if you fall asleep while you're lying, they really know. They it. really know. So well before the polygraph was invented, scientists had tried to link vital signs with emotions. This goes back to like the 1850s, uh-huh. right? A French uh, physiologist recorded bodily changes in responses to uncomfortable stressors, including nausea and sharp noises. Okay. In the 1890s, an Italian criminologist uh, used a specialized glove to measure a criminal suspect's blood pressure during interrogation. Uh, he also believed that criminals constituted a distinct lower race, and his glove was one way that he tried to verify that belief. How do you how do you get blood pressure with a glove? Probably not very well. It was the right. 1850s. You're not going to get a very accurate reading. Nope. Um, and then 
this got more momentum leading up to World War One when a Harvard pronounced Harvard psychologist Hugo Munsterberg, which by the way, best last name of any bit I've ever looked at. Munsterberg. Munsterberg used a variety of instruments, including the polygraph, to record and analyze subject subjective feelings. Uh, there was a guy that worked as an undergrad in his lab named William Marston, and after receiving his BA, he decided to continue at Harvard, pursuing both a law degree and a PhD in psychology. He invented a systolic blood pressure cuff with his wife, Elizabeth Marston, and she used the device to investigate the links between vital signs and emotions. According to Marston's son, it was the wife who suggested that when she got mad or excited, her blood pressure seemed to climb. So that was sort of okay. like right. how they got there, right? They sure. said, well, when you're excited or you're upset, your blood pressure goes up. Is there a way that we can we can figure this out? Causation and causality might be mi- mixed to- up there, but sure. To- totally. So in tests on fellow students, Marston claimed a 96% success rate in detecting liars, right? Okay, sure. Again, he claimed that on his own device. You can claim a lot of things. claim whatever the hell you want. A couple interesting things about Marston. Today, he is often equally or more noted as the creator of the comic book character Wonder Woman and her lasso of truth. Yeah, which can force people to tell the truth. Sure. So he was the one that created that. He was like, well, how cool is that? So um, in 1938, he appeared in advertising by the Gillette Company, claiming that the polygraph showed Gillette razors were better than the competition. So he t- like, polygraph totally test. sold out. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. In 1938, to show that the razors were better. We were very sophisticated customers back then. Yeah. But the bad news is it turns out Marston was a complete and utter racist, believing that blacks had more primitive minds than whites and that his machines wouldn't work on them. Oh, okay. So while we had good science and he brought us Wonder Woman, turns out that he was a total fucking racist. Oh, man. Right? So you're just like, ah, oh, shit. Um, okay. So at the same time, in Berkeley, California, the chief of police was in the process of turning his department into a science and data driven crime fighting powerhouse. Of course, Ber- of course, Berkeley of course would do Berkeley. that. That's know, perfect. Fit. Right. <laughs> so, uh, their, their police chief, August Vollmer, also a great name, centralized his department's command and communications and had his officers communicate by radio. Oh, like the first guy to do it. Right. He created a record system with extensive cross references for fingerprints and crime types. He compiled crime statistics and assessed the efficacy of policing techniques. Started in-house training, worked with universities on teaching evidentiary law, forensics, and crime scene photography. In 1916, he, he hired, changed policing. He completely changed policing. And this was in Berkeley, where again, yeah, I had no policing idea. Policing still work, kind of works that way. In 1916, he hired the department's first chemist. And in 1919, he began recruiting college graduates to become officers. He vetted all applicants with a battery of intelligence test and psychiatric exams. Cool. So basically, he was like the OG NCIS back in 1960. Right, right. This guy, John Larson, who's a rookie cop who happened to have a PhD in uh, physiology, read Marston's 1921 paper and thought he could improve on his technique. So he began testing subjects using his own contraption called the cardio pneumo psychogram. Which, Quite a name. Well, I have no real data on this thing, but I just presume it's like Bill Murray in Ghostbusters when he's like just sure. zapping people in the beginning. Sure. And he's just trying to get laid and that's all he's doing. <laughs> I, have, I have no data to actually back that up, but I just presume that's what happened because it made sense to me. Um, but here's the thing. All of this, as you already know, doesn't work. Yeah. None of this works, right? Yeah. Uh, assessments of polygraphs by scientific and government bodies generally suggest that polygraphs are highly inaccurate and easily defeated by countermeasures. Right. They're imperfect or an invalid means of assessing truthfulness at the end of the day. You just have to know going in that the polygraph doesn't actually detect the truth. Turns out that's all you really need to know. That's the key piece of information. There was a pretty comprehensive study uh, done in 2003 by the National Academy of Sciences. They included that there was, quote, little basis for the expectation that a polygraph test could have extremely high accuracy. Of course. So, like, pretty much everybody's looked at this thing and been like, yeah, they don't work. Polygraphs have failed to catch a lot of people. 
There was a double agent, Aldrich Ames, who passed two polygraph tests while spying for the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. uh, at least three or four other spies passed the polygraph. Because he knew the polygraph well. doesn't do anything. So, so yeah, absolutely. There's Gary Ridgway, who's the Green River Killer. There was another suspect that um, failed a given lie detector test, whereas Ridgway had passed it. And uh, that was in 1984. He confessed 20 years later when confronted with DNA evidence. So in that well, case, sure. the polygraph worked in his favor because he passed it and some other suspect didn't. Right. And then 20 years later, as it turns out, the DNA doesn't uh, doesn't lie. And then arguably even worse, it's been used. Except in OJ's case. Well, like love didn't fit. I saw it. Okay. Well, you, yeah. can't, you can't deny that. Can't deny that Can't deny all. science. No, no, no. Johnny knows what's going on. And innocent people have been known to fail polygraph tests which is even worse. So there's this guy in Kansas in 86. Because they're stressed. Exactly, right? He's measuring stress. This poor guy was suspected of murdering his wife because he failed two polygraph tests, right? And one was administered by the police. He hired his own expert to administer one, and he failed that one too. Oh, my word. Right? And he was neither arrested nor convicted. In March of 2004, evidence surfaced connecting her death to the serial killer known as BTK. Okay. And in 2005, they figured out who BTK actually yeah, was. Yeah. So, you know, again... These things just don't work. The part I wanted to get to that's useful potentially before we move on to the more interesting bits is that you can beat it. So there are two types of countermeasures. General state, where you intend to alter the, the sort of state of the subject, and then specific point. General state, I mentioned that uh, that CIA officer turned KGB mole that I mentioned earlier, yeah. Aldrich Games. So he explained that, that he sought advice from his Soviet handler and received a simple instruction to, quote, get a good night's sleep and rest and go into the test, rested and relaxed, be nice to the examiner, develop a rapport, and be cooperative. That's it. Like that's good advice for life. The dude himself explained: there's no special magic. Confidence is what it do is what does it. Sure. Confidence in a friendly relationship with the examiner, rapport, where you smile and you make him think that you like him. Yes. And as it turns out, that gets you through a polygraph. It's not too hard. The point is, uh, they just don't work. What's what does work for for detecting lies? Well, uh, look for like things that they do that you might recognize as not being truthful, being vague repeating questions, speaking in sentence fragments, failing to provide specific details. Little tells. Yep. Grooming behaviors, just playing with their hair, pressing their fingers to the lips. Tells are interesting. By the way, they could also be wrong. Exactly. So tells are interesting because you don't always know. Now, they generally speaking, uh, a nose growing can be a, an that indicator. Would be a good that tell, would be a yeah. good one. That yeah, actually yeah, worked. That would be of good. Of lying. That one you would know. Um, but while body language can sometimes hint at deception, Researchers suggest that many typical suspect behaviors are not always associated with lying. For example, shifting eyes typically mean that a person is thinking, or more precisely, that they are accessing their long-term memory. Right. There, How shitty is that? Like, there, you used think someone's thing, lying. there used to be a thing, if the, if the person looks to the left, they're lying. If they keep, in, when they answer, if they look to the left, no, they're not. <laughs> what happens when everybody knows that? <laughs> look to the right, look to the right, right. look to the right. Um, vocal cues, language cues, look for someone who's you know, telling a lot to leave out important details. Uh, there's a strategy for this where they use what they call cognitive load. So in theory, if someone's lying, if you if you ask them a bunch of questions to sort of dig in deeper, mm -hmm. they have to do more stress to tie together the story and make sure that's right. Yeah, sure. And then and then typically other cues like other sort of uh, body language cues will pop out. But more recently, two things have come into play. So real time imaging via fMRI, these are really cool. Of so, brains. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, sort of doing real-time imaging of the brain. So in, in 2002, a professor at uh, UPenn began using this, this functional magnetic resonance imaging, right, fMRI, to do this real-time imaging. And what he found was that the brain was generally more active when lying and suggested that truth-telling was the default modality for human beings. Okay. Which is a good thing. Makes I sense, think. sure. Uh, he reported that he could correctly classify individuals uh, lying or telling the truth 78% of the time. 
which seems decent. That's um, not bad. It's better more, than not. More recently now, AI has entered the chat. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Um, researchers at the University of Arizona developed the, listen to this acronym, you're going to love it, Automated Virtual Agent for Truth Assessments in Real Time, or Avatar, for interrogating an individual via a video interface. Yeah. So it uses AI to assess changes in the person's eyes, voice, gestures, and posture that raise flags about possible deception. Right. That combined with with big data, I think you're going to find something, yep. you know, a little more accurate. And that is probably where it's going. So yeah. the leap from medical devices to interrogation tool is a curious one to me. And historian Ken Alder describes this in his 2007 book, The Lie Detectors, The History of an American Obsession. Really interesting book. I didn't read the whole thing, but I read a bit of it. In the end, Alder notes that at its core, the lie detector is really only successful when suspects believe it works. And that's yeah, kind of your point, sure. right? Like if you believe it works, then you're stressed and you works. lie. Exactly. Right. If you don't believe, you just think it's a spirograph making lines, which is what it is. Just be super chill. Sure. Turns out it doesn't work. Right. So I thought that the was the easiest you know, way to tell if someone was lying. And this worked reliably, like with, I think probably a close to a hundred percent reliably was, was go on the stand and have Ironsides question you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that every time you got people to break. Totally. It was really impressive. Yeah. Well, that's why I would, uh, Tell the truth. It's good old iron sides. Wow. The amazing thing to me is polygraphs that are supposed to be detecting lies are lying. You're right. <laughs> That's just too meta. That's crazy. <laughs> they they do the thing they're trying to detect. Exactly. But we have to get out of here. But quickly before we do, have you seen or read anything good this last week? Yes. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had a vasectomy last week and I took all of my post-op instructions yeah. and I fed it into ChatGPT4 and I asked it to make me a website tracking my progress to my next check, yeah. my next sample. And it did it, and it did it really well. Like, it gave me, like, three separate files. It made some some CSS style sheets. I put it all up. You can find it at uh, countdown.cjittle.com. Not everything has to be a website. Yeah, it does. All it right. all, it's all apps these days. History of the World Part 2 on Hulu. Mel Brooks is back with an all-star cast, and this time there are eight episodes. What comedy stars are in this? It'd be shorter to list those who aren't. I'm just starting, but oh my gosh, what fun. Has it held up to the original, to the expectations of the history part one? Yeah. Oh man, it's I can't good. wait. I can't wait. It's fun. That's awesome. I'll definitely check that out. That's the episode. Thank you for joining us for all this nonsense, a truly terrible podcast from The Awful Company. Visit us on the web at nonsense.production. I'm CJ Little. Have you made a website for nonsense.production with that Chad GPT thing? You would think I should probably do that. That would be a good idea. I'm Jeff Parker. If you like this program, follow, download, subscribe, and like it. Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcast index.org. Special thanks to our floor director, Mark Haynes. Thanks, Mark. We'll be here every Thursday morning for more nonsense. Please join us.